Welcome to the Fat AZ Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance, sitting in the front of the Ranger. We have Todd Young on speakerphone. Uh, we also got Gearman Steve Part 2. Um, he's also on the phone. Uh, this week's podcast is, uh, like always, Fat AZ Muskie products. Google us, you know the drill. Uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook. Uh, your October's filling up, isn't it, Todd? Yeah, yes it is. I didn't, uh, I was a little concerned there. You know, they put those three weeks on at the beginning of the season, and, uh, you know, I got a lot of guys in that did their spring and fall trip, and, you know, some of my regular guys, and, you know, they did it in September this year, and, uh, but it's filling in. There's about eight or nine days I can do for the rest of this month, and that's, I'd be filled for October, so... We're getting there. It falls every day, so yeah, it's been good. Generally, you end it right around November-ish. Yeah, I mean, you usually there's been a couple times I've come up and did some stuff in November. Last year, I had a couple guys, maybe a three-day trip. I was going to do like the second week in November, and it it's it, we had an early snow up here and stuff. And I just don't uh, uh, because I got to tow the boat and get up here. I don't live right here. Uh, yeah, I usually wrap it up. I mean, we've got some fish in November, but I, I really have never fished that much in November. This is all new. This has only been the last last few years. You were allowed to fish in November. It always went out, uh, you know, the last day of October. So it's it, it, it kind of new. Nice. So, yeah, other than that, you you got a couple days left. The season's winding down. My season's going to be kicking off, but don't expect anything great reports like what Todd does because that just ain't going to happen where I'm fishing. Um, so Todd, how, how's fishing been? Well, I, I was actually just home for four days. I, I didn't fish. It was my daughter's birthday. So I've been home since Saturday, just got back up here. We're starting back up tomorrow. So that was, uh, that was one of my longest breaks since May, uh, four days without fishing. But yeah, when, when we left off there, we were, uh, you know, we'd get to fish together a little bit, took clients out, fished, uh, fished, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We, we, we still did good, did some trolling with some guys one day, put in four, four and a half hours, and, you know, I had three guys. We had one hit troll, and we got the fish. It was on a project extra rod, and, uh, I, I, you know, I said to them, you know, we need to get in and start casting again. That's the way I've been getting more fish. And <clears throat> they ended up having, having 10 or 11. They ended up getting 11 fish on casting in the afternoon, which... They, they were kind of floored. I mean, it was a good day. Everything was hitting the raptors again. Nothing real big. I mean, we, we had some nice fish on. One guy, one guy hooked through or four of them, and everyone he hooked was nice that they got off. They ended up getting six for the day. So it was a good day. Fished a couple hours with Vance, so one evening he came over, and uh, we talked a little bit about my video, and uh, it, was, it was just simple. So wait, t- uh, tell us more about video. People. Yeah, I took I took the little video. We talked about that last time. I tried to do a little self video, and uh, yeah, I just plugged in computer vamps out there, and uh, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> All right. When, when, when Vance did it, well, I was going to say <laughs> I would have never known what to do. But yeah, he edited it down for me. I was playing around today at home in the, in the rain and uh, working on the computer a little bit, and I put put it up on Facebook. But uh, you know, I couldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have known what to do, but when you get somebody that knows what's going on. He, we, we got it all going, and yeah, it turned out it turned out pretty good. Uh, 
just a little 12-second clip, but people got that corn. And one day I fished his ants. I don't even know if he even remembers this, but I had a huge bruise on the side of my leg. Every time I go, it's like full impact with you guys. But uh, <laughs> you remember that fish dance when you set the rod down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got the fish, and I was unhooking it or something. He set the rod down, and he went to get the pliers or whatever we were going to do, cutters. We were probably going to cut the hook. And, and uh, when he said, you know, you all, he always disengages the reel. We all do that when we set the rod down. Well, the, the rod, like, engaged. So I'm hanging over the side of the boat, just holding on to the line. I was going to snip a hook and, 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 and you know, and, and bring the fish up in. <laughs> and, and the fish kicked away from me, and the rod flipped up in the air and was going out the side of the boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I uh, dove for it. I still don't know what I hit my, my my leg on. But, yeah, I got a big, big, big bruise going. I tell you, it's, it's been full impact this year. We have lots of dilemmas. And glad they're happening with you guys and not with my other <laughs> with my clients. Yeah, that yeah it's, it's the same. The fish has been the same story. We've been getting some fish. Captain seems to be the way to go. You know, like I said, I've been doing some of those little four or five hour stints trolling. We're getting bites, but I sure, I sure can't put anything uh, real good together on that. So we'll see what happens now after all this rain. It's going to finally cool down. Well, we, we, we just had there 10 days of like unbelievable uh, stable weather. I mean, it, it was like, like I said, it was, it, it, it was like Groundhog Day. Every morning, wind blowing <laughs> one way, you know, blowing out of the south, it's calm in the middle of the day, it turns and goes to the northwest, nice and sunny. Every day for 10 days straight was exactly the same. And when that happens, we usually catch a lot of fish. Mm -hmm. Except for the one day I could fish. <clears throat> Sunday. That's right, you got out. I, I got out. And it was this time it was me and Vance. And we were in the Ranger. Except we weren't doing a podcast. We were going fishing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> we went up to uh, Lake X. <laughs> and uh, we we kind of knew it was blowing, but I was saying, well, this is my one day. So we get up there, and it was blowing. And uh, we we get out, and I said that before we even left. I was like, it's gonna blow like crazy. Up yeah, there. It, but guess what? It's my day. And yeah. hindsight, I should have gone to Plan B. <laughs> but I I listen to these podcasts, and Todd does a good fishing report, so I had to go and bird dog his spot. So, the secret spot. The, the, the secret spot. I had to go to the secret spot. Secret spots. Yeah. And, uh, There's a lot of them up The here, secret buddy. spots, yeah. Spots. Which is the entire lake. Every yeah. inch of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we get out there, and it's like nothing but a sea of white caps. And, I, you know, when we started, we started motoring, and, and, and Vance like, this, I'm going to get wet. He didn't sit in the chair. He laid on the floor. Like, he put his butt on the floor, legs out, and then he, like, sat upright on the floor. So his head was up a little bit. Like, you know, I, I probably, in a carpool lane, wouldn't have got pulled over. It would have looked like I had a young person with me. But you anyways, you, you could just barely see his head up, and I'm obviously at the wheel. He's like, ah, oh, we're going to get wet. And I said, nope, not with the Ranger. <laughs> we took off. We were doing pretty good. We were doing, like, 30 miles an hour and like... With, with the waves. With the waves. I don't want to. I don't want to overestimate the waves. How big were the waves? Twos and threes. Twos and threes. Twos Cruising and threes. along. Seventeen. Le legitimate. And this was this was early bird in the morning, so it was really kicked up. 
kicked up. We the, had about the sun a, was just rising. Five to six mile an hour run, five to six miles yeah. run. Yeah. So we were in it for a while, and the further north we got, the bigger the waves we got. It was a straight south wind. Yeah. And uh, it like it was crazy. Some of these waves, I was going, and like the boat would oh. stop when we plow into them. Like yeah. like deadliest catch style. Yeah, it but was, the waves would go. They would spew out the side of the boat. Yeah, know, we stayed it dry. Was, it was crazy. But um, we ended up. We worked our butts off. It was not easy holding the boat in one position. Mm-mm. Twenty, thirty mile an hour winds. Oh yeah. Where I'm usually fishing does not equate to waves that push my boat around yeah. like that. You know, we were getting some over the splash well. Yeah. And then uh, the ride back wasn't, it wasn't terrible. We could only go about 20. Yeah. But we worked it hard and... Uh, skipped over top. Yeah. yeah, we skipped over top. But, you know, I guess the moral of the story is we saw some minnows. We did see some minnows, even we, in all those... In all that, all we saw some lake. minnows. And that's about our, that's, that's the fishing report. <clears throat> back down to earth. We're, we're human. Yeah. No muskies. Nothing. Hmm. I mean, we can even place, you know, you know, Chautauqua is a. It's, I mean, it's the highest body of water from the Rocky Mountains over natural body of water. I mean, we're right by Lake Erie, and it's you know eight hundred feet elevated higher than Lake Erie. It doesn't get wavy like St. Clair or some Canadian lake, you know, on or like Lake Erie. But this place gets a chop that is it's hard to go anywhere. The waves are right on top of each other. There's two or three foot chops. It's worse than those big swells. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's probably... It's just bam, 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 bam. It's and it's consistent. always like this. I mean, yeah. we've always called it, no matter where I went, we called it the Chautauqua Chop. And yeah. uh, that's what happens up here. Uh, and when you're when you're on a casting bite, you know, that can really sour your day. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, like the, the duration, for anyone that's been in like really big water, like you were talking swells, like if you're in Ontario or Michigan, you know, the big lakes... They don't come at the frequency of a small lake. I mean, you're, you're probably getting hit every two seconds yep. with a wave. You know, like Lake Erie kicks up and, you know, you got three-second slam you. Slam, you know, three and seconds. Pause and then, then, yeah. then it hits you again. This is like, yeah, consistent. boom, consistent. boom, just boom. consistent. There's no break in them. I mean, you're just, I would look back when we were paused there and cast, and I'm looking back at some of those waves, the troughs in them. I couldn't believe you know, swallow the, the, boat. Whole, the, the whole boat wasn't out of the water. It was just incredible. We were sitting really low, too, in the water in this in this ranger. It was just, it was impressive. I couldn't believe that we made it out of there as dry. It was dry. Yeah, as dry as we did. It was crazy. We It, it cuts through the waves really nice. We were dry. It's but, a br- brutal fishing condition. But it was, it was kind of neat because I was trying to do the drift. Generally, I can finagle stuff the way I want to. We ended up just... Putting the motor on like five or six, the trolling motor, into the wind and drifting backwards. Yeah. That's that's how we did it. We actually went going in reverse with the trolling motor half throttle. Here's kind of a picture too. I mean, if you could imagine a ranger, they're a bass boat, you know. But it, yeah. So they're sitting low to the water. The waves were picking the boat up so high. Mm-hmm. I could hear that. I could hear that prop on that trolling motor. Start to kick up. It was pop, 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 pop. it yeah. was popping. So I mean, they were really, really rocking out there. I was like, "This is not gonna last." 
I have a 54 inch shaft on this boat, and I probably. But you sit maybe. I mean that that the yeah, scum yeah. line on this boat. Yeah, I, I probably have Todd. What do you think about 18 inches of freeboard? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that prop was was venting mm -hmm. on yeah. some of those things. Yeah. Which I never thought. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but yeah. obviously it doesn't happen in a 250 acre lake. Yeah. That I'm used to doing, but. Yeah, hopefully we don't get that. I mean, that was the story of last uh, last October for us. Uh, you I, know, I remember. We, we had a great season last season, and man, October was tough. We did get some really big fish. We got our biggest fish of the year by far. And uh, but you know, half the time I, I could not do what we wanted to do. You know, we, we, I found an area that was holding a lot of big fish casting, and when we get in there, we saw them or caught them, but. Uh, you know, a lot of days I, I just couldn't get in there and fish, you know, with, with clients or, you know, you can't, when, when, when you have absolutely no control like that of the bait and everything, it's just not the same. So hopefully we don't run into a whole bunch of that coming up. Uh, it's been a nice summer so far, nice early fall here, and we just pray that it doesn't get too awful, too awful rough. It makes for tough, tough fishing, especially with boats full of uh, clients, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to clear something up. This is this is setting up for future podcasts. Uh, Vance said bass boat. It, it's it's a bass boat style. It's a 681. It is not a bass boat. It's a multi-species boat. Listeners will know what that means here in hopefully a couple weeks <laughs> when we have someone else on that can actually answer the phone. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, not dwelling on that. We, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty much, that was the fish. We fished for like an hour and a half. Well, well, we, we, well, we did that one drift. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, we worked it hard, and then we, we called it quits early. But, uh, yeah, we didn't put in a full day. You can only take so much. Of, it was an Andy fishing trip. It was an Andy fishing trip. You pull in, you take a couple casts, you leave. That's right. What else? What else? You know, what more can you ask? But, Either uh, gonna happen or it isn't. Yeah, I mean, but there were a couple other boats out there. We recognized the one boat, and... Uh, he was out there trolling his his normal grounds. He didn't. I don't know. Did he wave or anything? You were looking. I was too busy driving. Yeah. No. But, uh, no. No. But then, uh, anyway. So, Gear Man Steve. Yes, sir. Anything new in the last couple weeks? Not nothing new. I'm just preparing for. Uh, you know, my wife kind of gave me a 40th birthday gift of. You could take a fishing trip anywhere you'd like within reason, so I couldn't fly to Alaska. But uh, So Buddy and I are going to drive up to, uh, leaving Sunday, to Michigan, and we're going to hit Lake St. Clair for a day, and then we're going to travel at night uh, west and try to get some king salmon on the fly uh, out of the Pierre Marquette and then come on Wednesday. So that's all I'm doing, uh, prepping for that trip. And, and thank right. you for the mud puppies that you said because they'll get a workout on St. Clair, so I got those today. Well, yeah, talk oh, about mud puppies. Todd, what's the, what's the Mitch count up to? I think we're at 18 now. 18. 18, 18 fish in, a, in about six days. So, yeah, it was, it, it, it held up. It, it kept going. It doesn't look like a bait that's like a, been fished for five or six days. I we went to fishing when we trolled for 10 hours and couple of those days were short. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's looking pretty beat up already. Yeah. So so Gearman Steve, you have you have the standard now. I do. But you, you know I'm disappointed in Andy. I was hoping to get these with a random name on 
like a Doug or something. You know, I, I loved listening to you guys talk on the last podcast referring to Mitch. It was a little more excitement into the lore, a little more attachment to it. So I'm going to have to scribble some names on it before I go. Well, you do have a name on it. There's, it's AZ on the top. That's right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's the most important name, of course. <laughs> name them. Go ahead. Name them. So, uh, so what? Oh, you want me to name now on the spot? Name them on the spot. Are you looking at them right, right we, now? Then we'll get a Doug. We got a Doug. And not to discriminate gender, because there's female musky fisher women out there. How about Diane? Doug and Diane. Diane. Well, they your... look the same, but you know. <laughs> Did you name it after your wife? Well, I name everything else after her. My boat's named Rosie. My mounted musky's Rosie. You know, I the, the, the big items I name after her to soften the blow of the cost of them. You know, these smaller items, I can go freelance of what I name them, you know. Okay, so... The replica of a fish you caught, you named after your wife. Yeah, because it's not prominent in the basement uh, by the home theater, so yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it was getting stuck in the garage, so, you know, I kind of softened it up. <laughs> Man, that's brutal. Yeah. Everybody's got that going on. But... <laughs> Stuff moving downstairs, Andy's going through that. I first moved into my house before I was uh, married to my wife. I had my muskies hanging in the living room, and... Yeah, they lasted about six months. They're down in the game room now. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the migration. Just hope they don't make it to the next stop where Andy's are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right behind us on three-quarter plywood. Particle board. Pull it onto the... Pull it onto the uh, uh, pole, barding, pole barding wall. Yeah, with random baits jammed in their mouth. Uh -huh. now, but Andy, you said your 51 inch is holding strong, right? Oh, yeah. That one, okay. we'll see. Not for long. Well, next? <laughs> we got fall family photos coming up. Fall family photos. Oh, God. Because that's that's why the walleye's out here. It's because we had spring family photos. <laughs> you got some big stuff, too, and You got an elk. I do. You had, oh, we, yeah. I had the elk. I have the muskie. I had her, her archery deer, which is substantially larger than my deer. That I got, and that's laying in the basement, like literally on the floor, mm. on you know, in the basement, because it had to take up Easter photos needed to go up on that wall. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm losing that battle. But I've I've I've, I've won a, a nice little nice nice little one recently because we're gonna start our pole barn here in like the end of the month. So that's gonna be the new headquarters. That I'm gonna hopefully have a nice place to put all that stuff, and no one can take it down to replace photos. Now, I'm not saying I don't like the photos of my, me and the kids and the wife, but we all know that. Yeah. We all know that mounted fish yeah. looks better. Well, and you, you know what I'm doing with my mount that is allowing it to give it a little more prominence. I, I got like, um, I got an underwater picture that I blew up like a uh, those wall hogs. So I have a huge, like, eight, eight foot by five foot underwater scene, and I have the, the fish on, on it. Like, it's kind of like a 3D effect with the lure kind of mounted in front of it, the, the lines coming up into the ceiling, and then I got wood framing, like a, a picture. I'm going to put real weeds, and I got a Hobby Lobby coming up. So once I make a big art piece and yes. have a little more artistic decor to the basement, it's less likely it's going to get shipped to the garage. So that's what right. I'm trying try to build it up around it. Well, that, that's what I, I mean, that's, that's perfect. You, you put that much effort into it. It's very hard to just replace it with some five by sevens. 
Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, that's what I did because when, when I bought my house, it needed gutted. I mean, it was it was bad. There was, uh, you know, gosh, probably 30 years of smoking. You could tell where all the ashtrays, so it was just rip everything down, kills it all, get all that stuff. And so I had time because she was too busy doing wedding planning. That was I got out a lot of the wedding planning because I had to fix up the house. And uh, I planned for things to go a certain way. It's like, now if we remove the muskie that's above our TV, what the heck can you put there? I, I made it to where it's like, it's going to just be this big empty wall that's going to look like, you know, a serial killer lives there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I planned for that, you know, and I even did it with the lighting. The way I had the lighting, all the, the recessed lights and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So anyone out there that's uh, looking to remodel a house that has that stuff or the urge to have it, a little planning ahead can really deter some, you know, win you some more time. You're not going to, in the long run, you're going to lose, but you'll get a couple more years. <laughs> Brutal. So, all right. So we got the Doug and Diane. Yeah. And which one are you going to use on St. Clair? They're both going to come. Uh, I'm only taking three, well, three lures with me. Confident. I'm going with a 12-inch streamer because I bought like 500-grain fly line, and I'm going to try some fly fishing out there. But with how the wind's looking, like you guys talking about wind, you don't want to be fly casting uh, with 14-mile-an-hour winds because next thing you know, you got a streamer embedded in the back of your head. So, so I'm going to try a little of that. Obviously, uh, Doug and Diane are coming. Um, I'll probably do ladies first. I ain't hit the water, and I'll fish with her. And if I happen to lose her or whatever, you know, I got dug, it, it, you know, behind the scenes. And then a two-pounder. Those are the three things I'm casting. I don't care. We're going with the guide because I didn't want to bring my boat up. And again, it's such a short trip. So I, I, I counted, I'm sorry, a two-pounder. Yeah. I also counted four baits there. Well, the Doug and Diane, because they're twins, they're kind of one. You know what I mean? So. Uh, <laughs> A yeah, two so technically there's four but three styles. I want that. you to call up American Airlines and see if that would work if you were a twin or a triplet. <laughs> Paper one seat, right? <laughs> That's right. But okay, and that two-pounder. You took last time, right, uh, Steve? You, uh, the two-pounder, right? That's yeah, the two-pounder. Most of the time, yeah. 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 No, well, day one I did uh, uh, the two-pounder. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, I'd take a break with a one-pounder. So yeah. when we got into the boat day two, I was I, I died. And so the, the yeah. guy just like put on the Medusa. So, that, so I cheated day two. Um, but yeah, I'm going back at it. I got to catch something on a two pounder. I don't know why I have that kind of uh, obsession, but yeah, it's cool. The, the, those things. This should be the time of year. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like I said, I had a custom rod made to catch this dang thing. So you got to put the use because it's not you know. Okay. Nobody likes around here. You can catch that thing. No. What rod are you taking, Mr. Gearman? Well, I got a custom made 11 weight um, for the flies. Then I got a 762 piece uh, that I'm going to use for the jerk baits with uh, Abu Garcia Revo, one of the, the Toro uh, 50 versions. Then I got a custom made 10 foot 3 uh, rod that I'm going to have a uh, Shimano Calcutta, the LJV uh, versions that they don't make anymore. So that'll be that outfit. Now, have you had those reels super tuned? You know, I'm, I clean them and lube them and all that stuff, but I don't super tune them. I, I'm more into the rods than reels. Uh, you know, I'm in about reels because I, I have to match the inches per turn on the lure I'm working. 
So I get into that kind of stuff. But I've never got really into the super tune. I mean, I put some carbon fiber uh, drag washers on some of them, but I didn't. You know, some guys they polish down the uh, uh, the ends of the spool that sit in the, the bearings and all this stuff just to get an extra few more feet. You know, I don't get that deep well, into it. I, I actually was thought thinking about that the other day, and, and this is no joke, because you, you said you're an engineer. You're a civil engineer, right? Yes. Now, I'm sure that you could probably at least cross-reference this a little bit. Um, if you have a shaft going into a bearing, and whether it's a press fit or just a, even a, a tight slip fit, that bearing is what should make you know, the, 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 the interference there is what spins the bearing is gets the longevity. Things are not wearing out. If you polish right. the end of that shaft and it goes slips right into that bearing, couldn't you just yeah. polish it to the point to where it's really just two things spinning on each other? Well, and that's a good point because of the fact that your bearings, particularly the ceramic and lube properly, you should actually want a more tight fit so you don't have the slippage. But a lot of these guys talk about like startup and, and rundown kind of deal. So out of the gates, there's that minute friction that you're <clears throat> somewhat, you, know, you got a little slippage to keep the, the spool rotation to catch the bearings up to it. And then kind of the, the drop down where the bearings start slowing down, you have a little more uh, slippage in the pulse. Again, you're not adding much to it. And I don't know if I buy it because if you, if you pay more attention to the bearings, I'd assume you get almost the same result without the wasted effort of polishing a, Spoiling, but you know these guys do it, and I guess I never really bought into it. Hence, why I don't do it. But yeah, you know. I, I was just thinking anyway, about that. I, I ended up buying a reel and using it, taking it out of the box. And he, oh my god, <laughs> using it, and then when it doesn't work anymore, I take it to Andy. Yeah, <laughs> That's I'm my in, Andy. That's what he does. Yeah, I'm sitting here wide-eyed with my hands in my my head here. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. So the turn the, yeah, it, 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 it reels in. Let's just keep going. It's getting a little, <laughs> getting a little tougher to turn. But it's making some going. noises. <laughs> grind through it. Yeah. Dunk it's it underwater. Through. Dunk it See, underwater. If I take these things apart too often, their stuff flies out. <laughs> I drop pieces, and then I, I have to get it somewhere like, hey, Andy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we, we call that, at work, we call that pulling a cubby. When, yeah. like, you open something and just springs and parts fly out. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, uh... But, Here's the funny story about that. We went with that guide last time. Now, the guide's from Indiana. So the, the reel that my uncle was using that he gave him was real tight. And, and so my uncle was kind of saying, it's tough to, to wind in. So he grabs it off my uncle, dumps the whole reel in the water, and said, here you go. This is called an Indiana lube job. And I'm cringing because, man, I, you know, when I come home from a trip, I wipe down all my reels. I wipe down the rods. I make sure the water got it in them, you know, because you, you want the... the Grease pristine and everything, and this guy just dunked it right in and said, "Here you go." You know, and I, <laughs> I kind of like the style. Yeah. You know, I, I got to ask you this because I think I know the answer. I bet you it was smoother after that. Yeah, I mean, my uncle didn't complain much after that, or so. <laughs> it was either that or the fact it was so cold out. Now my uncle has a wet reel in his hand, and he wanted to do it again. So either one. <laughs> That's your you punishment. Know, I, I, I do see guys dip their their their, their cork handle in the water. You know, I guess they're thinking they're getting more grip. I don't know, but I, I do see a lot of guys doing that, just dipping their cork, you know, when they're casting, dipping it in. I don't know. I never did it. I, I never have either. And I'm trying to think if that would actually 
make it I positive. I don't help because I don't even hold the corp. The corp is just laying up against my elbow. That's my fulcrum to jerk. Uh, you don't really hold on to that corp, but I do see people doing that. Yeah, see, and I, I'm, I'm weird about that, too, because I wrap all my rods with, like, a, it's called rod wrap. It's kind of a, yeah. a tacky tape. Yeah. Because I hate when, and I'm, I love fishing in the rain, but I hate how slick the, the cork gets. Okay. And, and all that does is accelerate the fillers. You know, they, they can't get pristine corks, so when they press it, they actually put fillers in it. And you'll see when rods wear out, the fillers start popping out. When you start getting them wet and the expansion contraction pops those fillers out, now you got kind of a, you prematurely age in the cork. So I, yeah, my, mine look like tree bark. I, yeah. I was going to say, so you should... They kind of feel like tree bark. Yeah. <laughs> That's... You would cry if you saw his trolling rods, his all stars. Oh, those are your all stars, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they they don't look like cork anymore. It's like petrified wood. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just they, they've been you know they've been going strong now for oh my gosh I can't remember when I got those fourteen years ago. A couple of my down rods. I'm just I just still use them. I do all Saint Croix, but those down rods I just keep using the same. Same couple all stars and uh, been out of business a long time, but mm-hmm. yeah, the cork is uh, it, it looks more like the bark of an old uh, shag. Bark that gives it treats. That gives a character, you know, and, and it, it, gives you, it gives you a good grip too. You oh, yeah. the whole, it's not smooth, you know. You can like hold on to the different pieces of the cork folding off of it, and yeah, <laughs> dig your thumb right in that big hole, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a thumb holder. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we were we were talking uh, before the podcast started about your spiral wrapped rod, Vance. Do you know what a spiral wrapped rod is? Barely, barely. Gear man, educate him, please. But it, it I, 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 up until this pod, uh, podcast, I didn't know I was fishing so wrong with my rods and reels. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well from the results I've heard, uh, Vance, you're actually the one fishing right, and I'm fishing wrong. <laughs> Fill me in. I'm curious. Well, it's like an old thing that you, deep sea fishermen used to uh, have their rod spiral wrap, which it, it's a bait caster, so you know the reel's on top. Your uh, first guide up is straight, but then you start, it, it migrates around, kind of like wraps around at uh, 180, and then as your line makes it to the tip, your guides are now underneath like a spinning rod. Okay. And the whole concept, again, particularly these guys who are hoisted up like halibut from a thousand feet down in Alaska, is to reduce the torque on your rod because in the cool temperatures you start because as your line's pulling down it wants to go either left or right Mm -hmm. it puts torsion onto the rod Mm -hmm. well somehow that fad made its way into the bass world and it was kind of the latest and greatest and the guys swear by it and it is a little odd to fish with and I actually have no spiral wrap bass rods because I just kind of like the traditional look and I don't think torsion's that much of an issue I mean you know you don't hear guys breaking rods because they're trying to Pushed a, a bass out of weed, and then you know the torque just shatters it. Yeah. But when I had my custom musky rods made, I had to make them two piece because ten foot three is just hard to fit in any car. So mm-hmm. you know, so he had to make them two piece. But he spiral wrapped them so that the, there's no torsion, particularly to fight the fish, to torque the two piece where they come together. Mm-hmm. So that so I kind of uh, transferred the theory into the, the custom musky rods I have, again, because, you know, I don't know how many times people have the rods twisting out on them with the two-piece fighting the musky, but 
you know, as an engineer, I want some redundancy and eliminate the possibility. So hence my custom, uh, I have two of them, 10 foot three musky rods are both spiral wrapped. Mm -hmm. Do they uh, cast the same, you think? Yeah, I don't, besides looking down the barrel and kind of seeing that turn, I, I don't notice a, a reduction yeah. in this yeah, yeah, man, it, it's just when you're pig casting two pounders and stuff, I'm sure it doesn't make any difference. Well, no, and, and the actual, I think the length, because you're increasing your moment arm and the uh, angular uh, acceleration and velocity, increase the distance. Now, if I were to compare the straight one versus the spiral wrap, I didn't do that kind of a analysis, but maybe I'll get another one made and, and make it a research project, and I could sell it to my wife that, hey, this is very valuable knowledge that needs to be out there. Oh, Jesus. You know what? I, I think that's a good idea, and I think for the sake of the podcast, uh, you should get every one of us here one of them so we can do independent field tests. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys actually would field test them, so maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to make rod, we need to make uh, rod awareness a big, a big thing. I think all over all over the social media, so that husbands across America could uh, spend money on toys. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what. I, I then if that's the case, I'd probably be the first convicted of rod abuse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this spiral wrap would be hard when somebody like leans the rod over the side of the boat. Oh gosh, if that musky pins you to the boat, yeah, and it goes under, you could just wipe out a whole series of guides. Yeah. 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 See, that happens a lot in my in my boat. Uh, What's that, the kind of rod rakes across the gunnel? Oh, yeah, like the fish takes a run, and I say, hold on to the pole, and they hold on, and then it gets, you know, uh, yeah. it gets wrapped. It, you know, I, I jump back sometimes waiting for the thing to explode, but, you know, I never broke one on a, on a fish. I, I was snagged up one time, and... Uh, you know, the guy the guy was helping me get it out. I said, I, I had my retriever. It was windy. Every time you get snagged like that when I'm trolling, it's windy. And uh, I, 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 so you got to get right over top of it with the lure knocker, and I couldn't reach it with the pole. So I said, now I want you to just pull up as hard as you can take slack out. He reached up about a foot from the tip of the rod. Oh, jeez. And pushed up as hard as he could. Oh, and it, I, that rod broke. Yeah. Yeah, we broke that one. I said, yeah, you can't, you can't do that to the rod. It's not made to bend at a ninety degree angle, one foot down. <laughs> oh my! Well, but, uh, you learned something that day. <laughs> yes. Well, I knew he learned something. Yeah. At least it was my rod, I guess. <laughs> I knew he learned something. <laughs> I uh, the one rod I broke, and I really didn't like break the blank, but I, I blew the the tip top out pretty pretty good. Uh. My truck before the truck I have now is a Chevy Colorado with an extended cab, and it was I, I had a uh, tooth tamer jawbreaker, which is their extra 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 heavy rod. It was really stiff, and I could just shoehorn that rod in where the passenger's feet be, all the way back to the driver's side passenger, like caddy corner in the thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to like bend it a little bit. Well. I got done bank fishing this one spot. I wedged the rod in there, and it had a little bit more bend than normal. It was kind of like resting on the headliner. Mm -hmm. I went and put my tackle bag in the bed of the truck. I slammed the tailgate, and I heard, boosh! And like I'm like, what? And I look in the corner of my back windshield. Like alien popping out of the back, here's my tip top. Oh, man. It punched through the back window of my truck. Oh, my God. And I'm looking, I'm like, and literally like in the movie, I said, no way. And the whole thing spidered and fell straight down to the parking lot. 
You're kidding. The whole back window. <laughs> so the, And the rod was okay? The, the rod did not break. The tip top broke the ceramic. That is insane. And it like I could not believe it. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, I got to get that fixed. And then it just... <laughs> Like like Looney Tunes, it just a whole thing, and the the window just fell right down. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is gonna be a cold ride home. Yeah. And I had no back window, and it was not as comfortable as <laughs> when I had a back window. I, I remember someone telling me that story. I couldn't remember that it was you, Andy. That that's uh, that yeah, was, I forgot about that. That you blew was, the window out in your truck with your musky rod. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I think I've you know. Never broke a Time windshield. For a new truck. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just, it was cheaper to get it fixed than to buy a new truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, now my truck, I can fit my 8.6 big dog that I extended three inches on the handle. Mm. Just fine. That's uh, that's my rod abuse story. Statues of limitations. Sounds like a truck abuse story to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I have insurance. <laughs> yeah, well, see that tooth tamer was a was a bear. It took him a couple weeks to track it down. This uh, the guy that I have local here, uh, Mile Creek Custom Rods. He he's out of Erie. He builds a lot of steelhead and trout stuff. And I brought him this, and he goes, "What the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. He actually had to call Bill Green at Tooth Tamer and say, "Where do you get these tips? I cannot find them anywhere." And he ended up sending him two or three just in case I blew them out again. <laughs> but I, I was a little more careful the next time I wedged that thing into my truck. Incredible. It rode in the back. No longer. I, <laughs> I said you're... Yeah, that rod was probably as... I mean, it, yeah, that would have been a... I, I know St. Croix has one like that. That thing is heavy out at the end. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry you'd get a tip to that. Jeez. Yeah. Where is that rod? Is it here? No, I sold it to... Uh, I sold it to the kid that... I told the story. Him, we catching one trolling, tell him to keep it, keep the fish back. Oh yeah. And then uh, he caught one casting shortly after that, and he also lost the forty-eight at Chautauqua, mm-hmm. which was a Jimmy Johnson hat. Mm-hmm. I sold it to him. He loves that rod. Love it. He loves it. It has a history too. It broke my truck. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Mm. Let's see if anybody fast rod would do that. Blow the window out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, there's a perch rod gonna do that. <laughs> that is impressive. I mean, yeah. I I saw I saw on TV, so it has to be true. This wife that was very upset that her husband was gonna go fishing, she took his ugly stick and started slamming it in the car door. Mm-hmm. It, that didn't break it. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Well, that's I, the same commercial where she stuck it in the trash compactor, and that didn't break it either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Most sensitive rod. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it doesn't get hurt that easily. Rod awareness. Rod awareness. What are we going to hashtag it? we got to get this going. Rod awareness. <laughs> It'd be great if you had a picture of that, of your truck. I should have. That was, I think I still had a flip phone at that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of going back to what Todd and his, his, his camera there. I did all this cool stuff before. There was, like, good cameras. Yeah. You know, and of course, it's a lot cooler now because no one can prove that I didn't do it the way I'm saying I'm doing it. But <laughs> it, I, I, it would have been if I would have had a GoPro on, you would have heard me say, "No way!" After it punched through, and then like a half a second later, it just spider cracked and just literally fell straight into the parking lot. Was it dead silence after that? Or were you in awe? I, I was. Yeah, I'm like, no way. And then it just went. <laughs> <laughs> 
boosh, and just fell straight down. That's crazy. It was like Hollywood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so rod awareness. I guess, you know, I guess it's going to be October's coming up. National, get your rod fixed. And uh, you're actually going to be leaving here with a couple of my rods to go to skip. Yeah, a couple of eyelets we got to get fixed on rods and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when we were fishing... Hey, uh, Steve, do you ever do this with your buddy, like you're fishing, and you're like, hey, let's switch rods. Let's just see what it's, see what it's like to do something different with a different rod, a different reel. Oh, God. I have, um, but I'm always leery handing mine over. <laughs> Why? Because they have an ugly stick and you have uh, four digits in the rod? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, early in the, the bass fishing days, uh, when I before I got into gear, uh, you know, I kind of did that and... Just and the story of why I did it was my buddy was pounding smallmouth on drop shot and I couldn't catch one to save my life, so I was convinced it was the rod. So I said, "Switch me." So I hand him my rod. He gives me his, and the second he grabs out of my hand his list, there's a smallmouth on the rod I just handed him. So, you know, that should have proved to me it's not the gear, but yet my my sickness and obsession still took off. So yeah. I got screwed like that. I did that with Vance earlier this year. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so came up and nailed it. That's so fit. that was a prototype bait too. It mm -hmm. was. I wanted to catch the first one, and he was just sitting there dinking it in the water. But so, anyways, we did that again. Vance, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, I, I basically. Uh, I mean, I was casting with a uh, Lexa three hundred uh, seven to one ratio, um, and Andy was casting with that Tranks. And, uh, high gear. High gear. I just, uh, and, and I think I was, I just wanted to see, you know, to, to see if there was any advantage or if, if it was easier for me to cast. Cause we, we did that early in the season and I mean, it was short lived. I, I got that fish on it. I, and then I was just like, here, man, you know. Well, I also fixed your reel because and he, it was, again, I was, hard. I was fishing incorrectly. Uh, and Andy uh, reprimanded me, and I caught a fish right in his face. So, but yeah, he he showed me who's boss. Yeah, but um, we were casting with it. I mean, I like I liked it. I like the tranks. I mean, it does. It it definitely has, uh, you know, it's a drawbacks more, more inches per turn. But you know, when I when I cast, I I grab the cork. You know, my hands in front of that reel, so it really doesn't. The size doesn't the, hinder you. This, I mean, yeah, so it really, it really doesn't matter. I mean, the weight throws me off a little bit, you know. it. it if I don't put a hard, hard grip on that cork, it, it'll turn left and right on me. But, um, you know, I was just uh, playing around with it, and, um, you know, I liked it. But I handed him my uh, my Lexa, and, I mean, it, it's in pretty bad shape right now. It, I, I puked in my mouth a little. Yeah, he was he was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> with the with what I was casting with, I mean, it's about the you know, about it, half capacity of uh, line on there. Yeah, like it, it wasn't. I, I want to clarify my puke in the mouth comment. It wasn't because he had Alexa three hundred. I liked that reel a lot. It was just, it was literally like sixty percent spool capacity, and you're bringing in like twenty inches a turn. Well. <laughs> Uh, ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> you put more line on at the end of the season, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely fixable. That—that's what I do. Is I fix stuff. 
And that's why it's here. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to re-spool it. I was going to do it. I just didn't get it, get around, you know, to doing it yet. I, got, I have two of them, and, you know, if, if one goes down, I come in, and in the night there, I don't, I don't feel like messing around with it, so... Hard to do when you're fishing every day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I got to, I got I got the one I used and I got a backup. So, you know. But again, I handed him over my reel and it, it, I wasn't. I was doing something wrong. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, but you, you, you know, it was like every cast. Oh my god! Next cast. <laughs> holy crap! I can't believe. It. And it was. <laughs> I'm over here breaking a sweat, cranking, and he's over there just loving life. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it, the the thing needs respooled. It does. I, mean, I just pulled out a twelve hundred yard spool of eighty pound. That's that's what we come to Andy for. Yeah. <laughs> if you need boat parts, real parts, anything you need, just come over here. I got it. It's practically free because I'm never going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand yards that'll last you many years. Yeah, I spooled up all those uh, Daiwa sea lines I got. That, gosh, when did I get them? June, July, they yeah. haven't even been in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled the, I pulled the line to make sure the clicker still worked. That worked. <laughs> but they've never been out when I was fishing, ever. Hey, it works, you know. It was still catching fish for me until it's completely broke and, and I'm, it's a hindrance on me being able to catch fish. I, I wouldn't even have said. I would have kept casting with this. Until you made me feel like I was a piece of shit, uh, you know, <laughs> until the end of the season. So, but it's here now and it's getting fixed. It's we're we're gonna yeah by fix we're just gonna put new line on it. How did you lose all that line in the first place? I just would cut it off, you know. If it, it started, you know, getting some, some small hairs on it and whatnot, I would just cut the line. Well, I guess that does come with use. Yeah, my, with my reels are gonna need a lot of work this. Winter, by the way, Andy. I no. just wanted to give you a heads up on that. It's not like I'm going to be doing too much. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't, even I didn't even get in the schedule. I took them apart and I did some, and it, it worked. I did, I took them apart as much as I could. Uh, I take them apart till I know that I can't get them back together anymore. That's where I quit. <laughs> and I grease any bearing or any oil, anything that looks like it should have some oil, and I got them working really good. But, I just need to do them all the time. That's the only thing. And yeah, when there's like dust coming out of the side, I know that something needs grease. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my dust yeah. is mummy dust. Yeah, there's so there's so much there's just gunk of weeds all over this. It, it took me a while to get it out of the real seat. There was like a, it, it was just completely. Yeah, had to pressure watch it, then put it in oh. an ultrasonic cleaner. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I definitely yeah, pushed Yeah, the weeds my... get caked up in all the little corners. I used to sit there with a Q-tip and scrape it off. And, oh, yeah. Like I said, but I now, you know, clients are using them, and they're, they, they, they get abused a little bit. But I hear them reeling, and there's noises, and I just, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You got to keep fishing. That's right. You just stuck them in the water, right? <laughs> I guess I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. A couple that are going to get dipped right away. Yeah. Yeah. As we hear the faucet running, he's putting them under the sink right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can't be clean water. It's got to be dirty. It, the plankton is what greases it. Oh, yeah. 
Musky slime. There you go. Start harvesting musky slime gear. Yeah. Gear lube. There you go. All natural. That's right. You can market that right and make a fortune. That's right. <laughs> different strains of muskies probably have different lubrication properties. There you go. Ah, <laughs> jeez. Oh, so they so, should just have like a fitting on each side of these reels that you can just squirt it a couple times. That would be nice. You could just I go there. Good shape. Go it's there like with the th grease thing, like on your trailer bearings tires. Yeah, yeah. on your trailer bearings. That would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, squeeze it each morning and you're done. Yeah, you can go grease your U joints, your bearing yeah. buddies, and your fishing reels all in a couple <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, but Todd, you know what's going to happen? In a week, Andy's going to have that made. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to have a full He's pressure have one for me. Yeah, yeah. good. It'll be I'm in a seat. Say, there's people around the room like, what's this sniffle thing? Oh, don't worry about it. That's just about greasing up. <laughs> oil bath. I'll I'll seal that thing up. It'll be an oil bath in there. <laughs> you know, if I could, you know, screw that lubrication stuff. I'm just gonna make like magnetic bearings. That when you start casting, kind of like them them Calcutta digital ones, mm -hmm. to where um you, you cast it turns a little generator and it just magnify you know magnetizes a, a bearing race. And it just free floats the spool, so there's actually no bear, no metal to metal. There you go. Why not? Engineering. <laughs> Gear man, tell me about St. Clair. How, how many times have you fished up there? Just once. I uh, went for two days uh, a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, and then this, this Monday's my second time. So, yeah, yeah, very little to none experience on it. But, boy, uh, yeah, nice lake. <laughs> As you guys know, I think you all fished it. I've never fished it. Um, oh man! I've never fished it. Never been there. Yeah, there's there's it's someone nice. sitting I here mean, that hasn't heard the story of the uh, fifty three you got. Oh geez, that's a nice fish out of Saint Clair. Yeah, you would yeah. you would have heard the story. Well, I'm I was busy. I was <laughs> I was busy. I didn't get to listen to that podcast. I was on vacation. I came back and kind of hit the ground running. And I want to ask. Well, I'm hoping, like, I can get a 54 bigger, and then that store will be obsolete. But, you know, there you one's go. a dream. You can't have the small fish mounted. you got to have Rosie, too. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, took, it took a lot to get Rosie 1 in the door. <laughs> well, come on. Rosie 2 is going to cost one fishing rod. Well, I don't have a rod for that expensive. <laughs> Rosie 1 was expensive. <laughs> Two fishing. Who did your, your mount? Tatante out of uh, uh, yeah. Swigo, yeah. But what I did was, I had him mounted, and then for extra, he does these like styrofoam rocks. Because I had this whole plan of this big 3D scene with rocks and everything. But where the fish ended up, the rocks, it's above a couch, so you sit and bash your head off these styrofoam rocks. Oh, I would have I yeah. I so taken one for the deep six and they're underneath my salmon in the den. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, so that adds a lot to the cost. And the boy's a beautiful man, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, I, 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 like, I like his fish, so he laid out. Vance, yours is yours a Fatani? Yeah, mine's a Fatani as well. I got two Fatanis. Yeah, he did a good, he put, he put it up on like a uh, big piece of wood for me, beach, I think like beach nut or something. I forget what it was called. But uh, yeah, he does. He does a great job. 
And he, well, what, what, and I don't he probably did it with yours, but there was like a couple birthmarks, uh, like black dots on mine. I had some scarring from a treble hook in the back, and he, he matched both of those. So all three, the three dots and the scarring. I was kind of impressed. So uh, I had to wait 20 months for it, but it was well worth the wait, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I remember. That, you know, getting to something like that, mounts, you, you wait for forever. Uh, to get those mounts back. And yeah, it did take about a year and a half for that fish to come. And he did match everything. I mean, a- anything that you take a picture of and you... I said, hey, you know, there's a discoloration here. This, you know, this bar looked like that. He matched it up perfect on the pictures, but... That's a long time. Yeah, it's it's a long time. Every fish I've ever got done, I've got... Uh, I have two muskies and... I have a big brown. I have the first walleye I ever caught. That was my only skin one. How, uh, how big was your first walleye? It was eight and a half pounds. It was twenty eight inches. I oh. was. I was. It was a. It was a Chautauqua. It was. It was a Chautauqua walleye. We caught it trolling it. I mean, it was like what really got me into fishing up there. Mm-hmm. I must have. Been. Let me let me get this straight, Vance. Yeah. When you start fishing for a species, you just go on and catch the lifetime achievement, like first or second fish you get it over with. Because I heard your 52-inch musky story. Now you get an eight-pound walleye in your first cast fishing for a walleye. <laughs> usually, usually. And I didn't think I would ever get a, a bigger one, but then uh, opener a walleye up there, I got a, I got a nine-pounder wow. this year trolling. It was incredible. It was it was un- unbelievable. But... uh. Yeah, so I, I, I usually do get a big one there. And then I got a small mouth done, seven pound smallie. But every time I get a mount, I you know, so I've had like five or six. The first thing I do, I look at it and I'm just like, wow, but I I have like a tape measure sitting there. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did this guy give me what I paid for? What I paid for. And, and that's he- what happened. That's what happened with the first that first muskie. Mm-hmm. When I went I, I initially I went to uh, a place in Pittsburgh, and um, you know we we went through the whole the whole go around. You know, is how big it was. Here's the pictures. Yada yada yada. When I got it back, and you know I waited probably about ten months for it. Um, it was short by a good six inches. Mm. I mean it was. And I was really, really disappointed. I was like, man, that is not the fish that I caught. Mm-hmm. That just does not. And I was paying for it, too. And, and this guy. You done... were going to pay for that six inches that wasn't there? Uh, I already did. Oh, okay. You know, I, it, it was already paid for. I was waiting for it. And um, he had done fish for me in the past. He did the walleye for me and whatnot. Real good artist. And uh, I had taken it home. He had known I was I was pretty, pretty upset with it. And I called him and... He kind of, you know, stopped me in my tracks when I was on the phone with him um, and just said, you know, look, I know the reason you're calling. Uh, I'm not happy with the job I did. And he referred me to do it through the Fatani guy because they make their own molds. And it was tough for him to get a fish that size. There just wasn't that many molds around. Some story like that. He ended up not charging me. And he said, he, I mean, he reimbursed me, you know, and, he, and then he said, you know, keep the fish as well. I, I thought that was, you know, stand-uppish of him. And, and, I, and I got it from Fatani, and, and I did the same thing. I put the tape measure to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out. I mean, it, it, 
it was, it, you know, it was pretty much the same exact fish, you know, that, that, that you caught there. So I was, I'm all about that tape measure. I have no idea why, but it, I mean, it's, you know, people still could go in your house and say, yeah, it's a really big fish. But I mean, if you're looking at, you know, if, if I brought you guys over there and I'm like, yeah, that's the uh, 52 right there. And it's a 46 incher. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. well, you got screwed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you gonna get a new bump board? <laughs> yeah, that starts at twelve. That's right. That that's that seems to happen a lot. That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go any further. Uh, I think uh, everyone here knows, but uh, inside joke for anyone that's listening. Um, you know what? You got me interested. So far, I know two of my three mounts are shorter than what I paid for. I got one over there. I gotta, I gotta measure it. So you guys keep talking. I'll be back. That's what I was doing. I was, I was here in the tape measure. I was measuring these, these mounts in the, in the pole barn here to see how, <laughs> see how, see how long they are. I mean, and, you know, you give or take an inch. You know, if if you if you have a fish on a bump board or whatnot, and you could, you can, uh, you know, pinch the tail and whatnot, and then those mounts come with like curvatures in them and mm -hmm. bends and whatnot. So, you know, it's. Well, and the funny thing you mentioned that because I did the same thing with mine. I even measured the girth, and he nailed that within an inch. Wow! But I mean, but you see, I mean, Fatante. I mean, we're up there. He has hundreds of molds to pick from. So he, I think, mean, he probably has them down to the quarter of an inch, you know. And it, that's the difference between going to a guy who might have twelve molds and try to, you know, stretch or shrink a fish. Yeah. Versus a guy like him who paints. You know, he has every mold to draw from every pose. I mean. I'm, I'm even dictating, like, you need custom poses to this guy based on the head angle and everything. He's like, okay, like, you know, he'll do whatever you want. He takes the existing mold, uh, plasters it up, kind of modifies it a little bit, and it was just, yeah, great experience. Like I said, the only thing is the wait time, but he nailed everything on it. Yeah, for sure. They, uh, those those molds, they, they, they give you, the, the girth is what, what, what separates those molds from, from, um, you know other things on the market they they really try to get that like 21 inch or 24 inch or however thick your fish is and i mean you can notice it on on the wall the thing they just look like monsters almost like did i really was that really the fish that i that i caught you know what i'm saying yeah but, technically oh, no oh, sorry. right right technically no because it's a, it's a reproduction but you know when you get when they put the that you know that girth to it and you hang it up on the wall it it definitely looks like a monster. Well, what's nice too is you know I showed everybody I know, even strangers, the picture of the fish. You know, I showed this picture of this fish more than pictures of my kids at people. You know, but <laughs> people see the picture and they're like, "Wow, that's a big fish!" But when you see it like on the wall, and you know it's the same dimensions, people are like, "Whoa, it was that big!" Like, well, yeah, that's that's you know you hit everything with it. It kind of brings a little bit more impressive element, you know, to life on the actual size of the fish. Yeah. Because you yourself, you're not dealing with the fish for a long, you know, a long time. You might might have that fish in your hands for ten seconds. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. But, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I miss. You know, that's the thing. You know, you catch get these fish, and then we're, we're crazy about getting them back in the water. And I, 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 I wish you could just put put everything on pause and look at them a little bit. Yeah. You know, and you know, some of my my. You know, clients do that. You know, you know, we get the fish real quick. We take a photo and like, just let me look at it for one second. They just look at it and they're like, okay, because <laughs> it's going back. You know, yeah. 
and it's all over so quick. Sometimes you get a picture back and it's like, oh, I didn't know it had that scar. Look at that big mark. I didn't know it was that pretty. Look at all those bars. Yeah. And, you know, when the pictures come in, obviously now it's really nice. The pictures are right there before you have to wait for the film to get developed. And, mm. You know. Yeah, it, 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 it is. I mean, I wish you could put it on hold. Or go back to the day. Well, I don't want to go back to the day. The days we used to <laughs> kill them when they were big enough. And then you get to inspect them and play with them. And I learned a lot about musky there. What, you know when I was flying them and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. How, how, many, ago, <laughs> how many times when you guys, anyone's out walleye fishing on Erie or whatever, and there's not fish biting, you open up that cooler or the live well and you start looking, where's the big one? And, and you're, you're, you're just rooting through them. You, you get familiar with the fish before you lay into it with a knife. Oh, God. You know, but yeah, like it just goes along with what you guys are saying is you get it, you get it up for a photo and you're like, oh crap, the thing's going to die and you... Heave ho. Yeah. Right overboard. Yeah. yeah. Looking at their teeth, looking at the marks on them. I mean, yeah. But, and I don't know if you ever saw the picture that I have of my fish. I, I did this see one it. one of the scenarios, it, it's in the net. So, you know, he brings it up on the bump board, quick measurement, and then you pull off the bump board for your quick photo, and it's going right back in. Well, I pick the fish up, and I'm in awe. I mean, I'm staring at the fish, and the guy, the, the guy's like, look at me, look at me. And I couldn't stop. Like, the only picture I got is me with a goofy grin on my face looking at the massive head of this fish because <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off it and look at him for a good photo. So it, it, I know what you mean. And it's one of those things right back in it went. And you, it's great to see it swim off, but you'd love to just sit there and admire it a little bit longer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, if I uh, ever do go to St. Clair and I hit the magic number up there, I always thought if it was a nice day, I would jump in with it. And just like grab onto like his little back fin there and swim like with the orcas. Oh yeah, swim off with yeah, dolphin. <laughs> nice beautiful spotted fish. I'll do a documentary in those in that it's blue like, it's water. Like, well, as long as it's not in a big storm, it's like jumping in. It would be just like jumping in down in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the water looks like when it's nice and when it's been calm without a big storm coming through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you mentioned the spot. I love the Great Lakes phase. That spotted look on those fish, boy. It's, yeah, that's... Absolutely. Yeah, they're cool looking. Way different than what we catch. Those Chautauqua strains nice with the bars, uh, you know, but there's some about those spots. I don't know. Todd, what yeah, you... I mean, I, I, I like the Chautauqua strain. I mean, you, you never know what the fish is going to look like up here for sure. <laughs> you know, they're clear, but, you know, we call them the brownies. And... uh I get everybody that gets replicas done that that I take out. We have a local guy do it because you know a lot of these guys don't understand the color. The coloring up here is, you know, the big ones. I mean, Vance, you 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 know what I'm talking about. Oh, before. Yeah. It's like when you see, you know, when you hook one, it comes to the surface. When you see that dark brown chocolate color, mm. you know you got a you good. You know you got a great one. And the, the bars are real dark chocolate brown, and uh, it's hard to get people to hit those colors mm. that aren't familiar with those fish. It would be the same as if I would have somebody try to do a St. Clair fish from Elwood City, Pennsylvania, or something that's yeah. never seen one. You know, I mean, it's silvers. It's those uh, brownish dark dots on there, black, brown. Sometimes they're brown. Sometimes they got a little bit of that in there, but... Uh, I use a local guy. We're going to get him on for a podcast sometime. Uh, and, uh, you know, but he, he sees these fish. 
he, he mixes his colors for those golds and those browns. But I'm, I'm partial to them because I fish for them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you bring up a good point as far as getting a replica done by a local who's seen it. Because I, I had a uh, yes. king salmon done. My wife actually caught on New York, and they get that like uh, nice golden look to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I found a guy in California, beautiful, I mean, beautiful molds, but he's used to doing the Alaska string where they get red. Yeah. So I sent him the picture, and the mold is perfect, but it came back like a, a hue of green. It's just not natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it yeah. bothers me to death, but I didn't want to send it back instead of pay shipping and everything. So now I got this kind of green-looking king salmon yeah. that I'm, I'm one day I might get repainted. But it's like you said. He, he called me and goes, what is this? I said, well, it's a king. He goes, well, I've never seen a king colored like this. I said, well, that's a... Like Ron Eastern King, that's what they look like. But yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, obviously those big guys, you know, Cintati and and Lax, those guys know the different strains, you know, and and they do the best to match those colors. But uh, you know, I I got one a big one years ago, Cave Run, and uh, you know the, the guy the guy was doing something. We were going to BNCC and stuff, so you know he had a really good deal on. He gave me a really good deal, but. You know, I had the cave run fish by, done by someone in Kentucky because they're, they're, they, it, it was silver. It was a silver fish. It, it reminds you of a St. Clair fish without the spots. You know, Kentucky was one of the silver strains. I had that one done there. I had a guy, I had a Canadian fish done, and the guy that did it had been doing them for years coming from those same lakes. And, uh, you know, the guy had to do uh, the fish here at the... Uh, like Chautauqua, he lives in Warren, Pennsylvania. He lives right down here. Hmm. It's the only muskies he ever deals with, really. You know, he he would he would he would do his best to match those colors, but he doesn't get to see them and hold them and, and see the his glow of that gold and then those Saint Clair fish. Some of them, the way they glow that silver color, you know, get those hint of green in there and. Those fish, too, look, I mean, you, you can get them up there. Gosh, we've caught all kinds of crazy-looking fish in St. Clair. You know, t- tigers and all kinds, you know, natural tigers. <laughs> tigers that are mixed with those spotted fish. I mean, those are some beautiful fish. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's definitely something to think about, people that know uh, know what you're, know where you're fishing and, and uh, you know, what those fish look like because they are very different, you know. I don't, you know, what, what, the, actually, you know, when we caught those, I, I've been to Minnesota a couple of times, we caught those fish, and some of those look just, I mean, you could have swore you caught it like St. Clair. Yeah. Some of those spotted fish up there, you know, those spotted. I remember like the lax had that we don't for a while. We out here. <laughs> yeah. Now you can definitely tell it's your talk with fish. Yeah. Pick them out in the lineup. Yeah. yeah I, I can, Which one I can see, I, I can see any. Any picture on the internet and know that that fish was caught at Chautauqua. Hopefully it wasn't. You know. Especially when they got that barring and they got that gold and brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People can say they caught them wherever they want to say, but. Yeah. Usually, usually you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know everyone was on the edge of their seats. I went and measured my walleye. I almost forgot. Mm. I did not get gypped. 32 nice. on the nose. Yeah. So right. I'm 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 one for three. We're uh, no, Joe's good. He hits them. <laughs> yeah, we're, I I don't think one of us. So we have like maybe what that walleye, a muskie. I have the muskie. Gearman has a muskie. Four or five fish done by the guy. And I don't think we got his his name right. 
What's that? Okay, pronounce it. I think it's Fatani. Anybody rebut? I, I don't know. Fatati, Fintati, I don't know. We, we haven't got... Whoever... I pronounced Fintante. But... Fintante was, was one of them. We're butchering them over here. Okay, out of the two taxidermists that advertise in Muskie Hunter, yeah. he is not lax. Yeah, he's not lax. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's who we're talking. Nothing against Lax. He, he, we sat, we had a booth right across from him in Pittsburgh, 2015. Great artist. Yeah, incredible artist. But we just have Fatani, Fitnati, Fintati, Fintati. We all know one of those guys. Wait, hey Vance, let me ask you a question. It's not to turn this into like a personal conversation. Who did your small month? Because I got a seven pounder. I'm shopping around, and I don't know who to. You know, I might go back to Fatante or Fatani or whatever his name is, but uh, who did you get your somebody? Memories, Sharpsburg. It's closed. Was it good? Yeah, it was fantastic. He okay. did it in like a with with like that styrofoam rocky, uh, you know, look, and uh, he put the lure in the fish's mouth, and you know. Oh, it, perfect. Yeah, it, it was, was it a raptor? No, it wasn't a raptor. <laughs> was say, uh, <laughs> it was a raptor. Was, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It, believe it or not, it wasn't a raptor. Uh, although I've caught we caught a big we, yeah. we, hey, we, we got a big smallmouth early season on the raptor oh, 21 yeah. and a half inches well <laughs> nice. I didn't I didn't weigh it but the guy was hoping to get his first muskie he lost the muskie and then he caught that piece it was still the biggest fish so he was happy yeah that's a good five pounder I mean, 20, geez, 21 yeah, inches that. yeah that's a huge yeah. smallmouth that's cra- that's probably teeter tottering around 6 pounds that's a that's, yeah, that's I, a I, giant I caught a, smallmouth I caught a smallmouth on a glider this is going years back it was early, early, you know, spring. It wasn't early spring because there's ice out, and it was probably, you know, teetering 50-degree water temperatures. And I didn't know it was a smallmouth, just like what Todd was saying. And I just see this bronze gold coming up. I'm like, look at the size of this one's head. <laughs> and there was and it, nothing it, it was left. just 18 inches of smallmouth. That's all that it was. <laughs> you know, the disappointing thing, when I was up at Chautauqua, I was fishing the dogs uh, with a bucktail again. I, you know, I, I'm I'm, con- I'm trying to catch some on a bucktail in that lake. I haven't done it yet, but I hooked a, a 22 inch largemouth, big yeah. fish for a largemouth. But when you're using heavy muskie gear, I'm skimming them across the top. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I feel like I was robbed a good fight, but it still made for a nice photo. Well, you're a two pounder guy. Why don't you just wing it back out there? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> two pounder. Catch right back out, huh? Just work, just work it hard. Big rips. Let me ask you: Did you catch that fifty-three on a two-pounder? No, no, it was on a Medusa. Okay. And like I said, day two, after my shoulder was shot, my back was hurt, and I had to really downsize because I couldn't even pick up the rod with a two-pounder on it. My God! Pace yourself. Have when you been? One. Have you been training? No. For this two-pounder. I mean, the you... most training I've ever done is carry a heavy plate to the end of a buffet line. I mean, there's no. <laughs> you know what? Training. I, I'm going to say my training's working too. You know, when you scoop really cold ice cream, oh, yeah. I bent the spoon the other day. There you go. That's what the microwave's for. Soften that up. Yeah, those two pounders are crazy. It's the size of a cat. <laughs> yeah, all the splash they make when they hit the water. I mean, it's the, with the tail, I mean, they're, they're insane. I, I actually have one now. I don't think that's a two pounder, though, is it? This is a curly Sue before. Uh, Andy sold it to uh, Suick, and if it sounded funny, I didn't have my mic on when I ran and grabbed this. But it's a, it's a mammoth curly sue. I think it. I don't know. They they consider it two pounder. I don't think it's legitimately you know thirty two ounces. But yeah, I mean, 
that's just wild. Well, the, the real two pounders aren't even two pounds. I think they're 24, 25 ounces. So. Well, Mythbusters, I'm going to turn on my scale. <laughs> that's big. That big. That big thing that uh, that we make, Andy. That thing. That thing gives you a workout right there. Oh yeah, and I think that that is uh, 11 ounces. The big ones. The sloppy, the sloppy seniors. The, the super, super. The super sloppy senior. Yeah, that's that. That kills you, but it's also the tail. Yeah, that tail vibrates so much when you pull it. It's like there's, you feel like you there's a. It deployed a parachute. Little, oh, huge. Little foreigner down there pulling on the tail end of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, whereas you get like the bulldogs and you know the bigger squirrely tail baits. They, there's not a whole lot of resistance, but. Mm -hmm. This two pounder weighs 21, 22 ounces in between there. The scale is rocking back and forth. So it's like a pound and a half, not even. What pound. Does the, uh, what's the super senior weigh? 13, right? Oh, how about I do it right now? Mythbusters. Mythbusters. <laughs> Andy's like the man on the spot. You know, measure the fish. He's out there with a tape measure already. Weigh this. He's got the scale set up, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, he's running around here. He's getting a workout in. <laughs> I couldn't get the tail to uh, flop all the way on, but I, I had 10 ounces, so it's going to be 10 ounces, almost 11 maybe, if I could have fit the whole thing on the scale. Yeah. But that had I no hooks. Because I, I did have some pounders, and they, they, they were easier on you than that. Uh, than the super the senior. Super senior. And it must be just all that, like, that, all that something going on. Geez, if I was thinking, I would have had you. Uh, if you're if you're a two pounder guy, I could have had you do a, you know, two thirds of a pounder on a super senior when you leave. Yeah. <laughs> For St. Clair, but yeah. So there's still yeah, there's still time. I don't need till Sunday. <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> I could take a have some laying around. I got a couple back in the I didn't drink. <laughs> I wait till the last week of the season. Though it's a big fish, to use the big bait late in the fall. I, I wait till like the last week to get that stuff up. <laughs> I feel like if I go by myself, I I delay it as long as I can. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing too, you know, people talk about pounders and. I don't know if they necessarily catch bigger fish, but gee whiz, there's such a draw. I mean, I at my uh, at work. And I have, a, I have a bunch of two-pounders. I probably have a dozen of them. But I, I have a two-pounder suspended from the ceiling at work. And people are like, what the hell is that? Thing? Yeah. Just, I don't know the awe factor. That's why I want to catch a fish on the dang thing, you know? But there's, yeah, there's, 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 there's no doubt. And the guys do it that with the big trolling base, you know? You go and you see everybody, like, showing their big 24-inch trolling base and this and that. And, uh, yeah, so obviously the fish will hit them. But I, I... Every time I get those big baits out, I don't, I mean, for me, I've got a lot of little fish on them, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, the fish aren't afraid to eat them. They're just a lot, hell of a lot harder to work. Mm. Uh, even when you're trolling, they're just harder to reel in and clear the weeds. But, you know, I, I'll put them out sometimes, and I'll be like, okay, everybody, big fish, big bait, right? I'm going <laughs> to show you what happens when you put the big bait out. I'm going to show you little fish, big bait. And then, you know, the rod goes off and goes, eh, eh. <laughs> and the real one is, you know, the 35 inches got a 14 inch wily T bone that's <laughs> floating it to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the 
Yeah, it's, it, you know, and it's, I don't know what it is, you know, people, and, and, and I don't know, it just must be the, the thing to do. You always, when you're showing people, you pull out the biggest bait you own. Yeah. You just, mm-hmm. doesn't that feel what good? I use. That's what, doesn't that feel good in your hand? Right now, Vance is holding a 10-inch Mud Puppy Raptor. Yeah. Does that feel good in your hand? It's impressive. Yeah, you show people, this is what I use to catch fish. Yeah. And then, and then, what do they normally say? I wish I could catch a fish as big as your bait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I never use them. That's as big as the fish that we catch. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean, even an eight-inch raptor, you're lucky to catch a stock trout over eight inches. Yeah. If, yeah. But uh, Todd, didn't you say what was it earlier this year that the fish commission was going to stock some Great Lake strain around my area? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, they did. They, yeah, they stocked them in uh, up at Prescott. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, that that was part of the uh, our our local musky musky chapter, the Three Rivers chapter. You know, they, you know, we do a lot of stuff. People donate trips and stuff. We have raffles, and then you know, some of that money we try to donate to the Fish Commission. They bought feeders, and we bought. Uh, fathead minnows, and they did a little pond renovation up at uh, up at Climate Tuning, and you know they so they could actually raise the minnows, so they have to buy them every year. Uh, but yeah, last last year's project was some uh, Great Lake strain, and I can't remember the number whether it was five hundred or a thousand. Hmm. It, it, it was something like that. But they, they they got the Great Lake strain fish because they were putting the normal strain in in up at. Uh, up at Prescott, and they started putting those uh, the, the Great Lakes strain in. Yeah. So now I think there's two Prescott's. I, I think there's one in Wisconsin. So anyone out there that's yeah that that's listening, Prescott is a little bay uh, just just in the city of Erie, right there on Lake Erie, and uh, it's not a little 3,200 acre bay, I believe it is. That's mm-hmm. yes, that's right, like and that. yeah. it's a state park, and it's it's a nice little shelter. And it has a lot of history for, like, the naval battles way back in the day. But, yeah, it is in Pennsylvania, not in the Midwest. And just avoid fishing it in uh, uh, May through June, because you'll be fighting 2,000 bass boats out there as well. <laughs> yeah, and you smallmouth like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you got a good shot at a five-pound smallmouth with anything you throw in there. And, yeah, unbelievable fishery. And and the fish do go in there and spawn. We have some friends... Uh, Andy's got some friends that had some action on some nice fish up there. You know, they come in from the Lake Erie. It doesn't have a high population of them, but it, to me, I think that that's where potentially someday someone could catch a world record muskie, legit world record muskie. It's swimming around out there in Lake Erie <laughs> somewhere. Or any, great, or any like, great lake. Fish or whatever, one of those big monsters. And, uh, but they do go into Prescott to spawn. You know, they come in, the pike and the muskies. <laughs> and the steelhead and the smallmouth and the perch. And, yeah, and the steelhead running there. Yeah, everything everything uses that thing. Yeah, but, you know, you, you think about it, on, on the west end, you got, the was it Detroit River flowing in? Mm-hmm. And that has muskies in it. You go all the way to the east, 
You got like Buffalo Harbor and all that. There's muskies in there. Yeah. They catch big ones in there. Yep. They, they got to be, but it's literally needle in a haystack. Yeah. But yeah, they, they do come in. You know, I don't know if it's a same population returning year after year. I don't even know if the fish know the water that well to know every year where to go. Yeah. If you're out there and how many thousands of acres of water, I don't know, I'd get lost. And your buddies should troll for walleye out there have caught it. Oh, yeah. here and there. Yeah, I get pictures, you know, all throughout the summer. People, check out this muskie. You know, it'd be like a 30 or 36. Mm -hmm. They picked up trolling for walleye. Uh, you know, a few yeah. of them every year. Yeah. But. Yeah, I got a little Great Lakes strain fish picture from, from somebody last year. They caught, you know, 40 feet down over 60 feet of water and hit a worm harness or something. And uh, it was only about probably 26, 28 inches long, but it was a spotted up fish. Yeah, and what was it doing out there? You know, you think about what are the odds that bait is running by, a, a, you know, that low density of fish. Yeah. Close he to thought he was, a, it, it didn't know yet. It thought it was a walleye. So. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. It was raised by walleye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's hanging out with the walleyes, and then when he grows about another two feet, he's going to say, I got to move on. He's just going to turn around and eat his mom and dad. <laughs> but some of those walleye out there, they're pretty big. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They are. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the fishery there is crazy. I, I took my nephew years ago, and, and we were catching walleye, like regular walleye. 24, 18, 22, 25, you know, stuff like that. And then he was, and, and, and he'd been around fishing. He'd caught muskies. He'd, he'd caught all that stuff. And we got one with like 31 and a half inches. And he, you guys know, you you know, we've all caught some up there at the area like that. And he reeled it in, and I, I netted it and brought it in. And he it must, he was probably about eight years old, eight, nine years old. And he looked, he said, what, what is that? <laughs> you know, those big ones look, I mean, the, its eye was as big as the top of a, pop can practically mm -hmm. they're ugly you know the, the, well, they're, yeah i mean it looked like a different species and yeah. we had all these other ones some of them were like i said 25 26 inches long they weighed you know six pounds but this thing was like 30 31 or 31 inches and it did look like a different species that's like that's just a gigantic walleye you know <laughs> that, that's dinner for two weeks mm -hmm. yeah yep and they're and they're in there yeah, like uh, last year when we went with Ed on his 621, mm -hmm. how many pounds of meat did we get? I mean, we were one shy of a limit. What were we, uh, 17 fish? We got 17, 18 is a three-man limit. How many pounds of yeah. fish? Because I think you had a halfway decent weight on just the fillets. Yeah, I weighed it all, and I can't remember if it was... I can't remember what it was. It was like it was either 30 or... Wow. It was like 30, 30 pounds of meat. Wow. 30 pounds of fillets out of 17 fish. Jeez. Those are monsters. They are. They were all giant fish, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were... Yeah. They were... You, you got like two inches of meat thickness off each side. Oh, yeah. I had like two pounds of cheap fillets. <laughs> yeah. A cow... Because they walleye steaks out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, we caught all those big ones. It was, it was, it was neat. Smaller ones are better eaten, but 
Yeah, but it, it, it does, you know, it's kind of like St. Clair. It does mess your perception up when you go and you yank in a 15 and a half inch from a small inland water and you're like, is this thing even legal? Is there any meat on it? And yeah. there's people that'll kill you for that oh. fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Well, that's... Steve, man, good luck, man. You're heading to the, the musky capital of the world. Yeah, I'm getting nervous. I'm, I'm following weather and there's a front moving in with like 20 mile an hour wind. So if that hits Monday... Uh, we might be fishing from the boat ramp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those waves get nasty out there, I've heard. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, the, 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 I think those guys know, know their way around enough that they can get you somewhere tucked in. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably going out of Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all going to depend on the uh, on the direction and stuff. But, you know, this is the time of year that that, piece, that, that, that river starts getting hot here. You know, because... And, you know, the guys can start fishing down in there. I mean, you can always catch them down there, too, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've been there 10 or 12 times, you know, for weeks, vacations and stuff, but I don't have any real knowledge of the area. But I, those guys will get you somewhere. Yeah, well, like I said, it, I know it's a short window, and a one-day trip's always tough to do because it's always hit or miss, but uh, I couldn't pass the opportunity. You know, driving to western Michigan, you, you practically pass it, so I had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Much as I'd like to enjoy catching muskies, I'd be more in. I'd be I'd be excited to do the, the salmon trip myself. But we fish for muskies every day, so yeah, it sounds pretty cool too. <laughs> nice. Well, we're this is our longest podcast yet. We're at a buck twenty-five now, so go. we probably should uh, end this one, or people will get bored. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Fantasy Musky Products uh, on Facebook, fantasymusky.com. Uh, check out Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, mcfishingguides.com. He has a few days left this year. Uh, if you're out this way, look him up. He'll hook you up. Um, and that, we got Fantasy Musky Products on Instagram. Instagram, Fantasy Musky Products on Instagram. That's also the Muddy Creek page as well. Check us out on that. All right. Steve, you got any plugs? I'm going to have to do one shout-out to my buddy, uh, Scott. He does all my custom rod making, and I talked about it twice already, uh, shfishingsticks.com. He excellent work. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, good to work with. And he even does, uh, you know, email kind of long-distance projects. So, so yeah. Perfect. Right. So, uh, I guess until next time, good luck fishing. <laughs>